1: I feel like there's like a running joke with with you being left off bad and bougie. I, I ain't left off bad and bougie. You think I'm left off bad and bougie? Say again? You say I'm left off bad and bougie? What'd you say? You say I'm left off bad and bougie? Yeah. Do it look like I'm left off bad and bougie? What'd you say? Do it look like I'm left off bad and bougie? Nah! Okay. I mean, I that's don't one look. thing I like about the group. Because ever since when you were in, in jail, even though you might see one or the other, y'all
0: move as a collector. All okay. right, we gotta wrap this up, though.
2: Okay. Well, my bad, my bad. I didn't I didn't it up then. over there,
3: too. Close it. Close it. We're here.
1: I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. On the corner. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman.
2: T-H-E-C-O-R-N-E-R. Terms and conditions apply.
1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Shout out to the sponsors. It's been a long 10 days. Everyone's hitting us up on Twitter, like, where's the show? Stuff gets in the way sometimes. Andreas is a a man who enjoys his vacations. We know this by now. Um, We're all a little busy, so we had to wait 10 days before this show. But trust me, we're talking about everything that happened in between. This week gave us a ton of things to talk about. Hip-hop, boxing, MMA, pro wrestling. Some of the best things that we've been waiting for finally popped off. So it's a good time to have a combined show. Andres is in a good mood, it seems like. He's not old and grumpy today. Dre, you've been having Twitter beef. You good?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I never would stress about that.
1: That's People are stupid, that's all. So. <laughs> the Muslims came after you on Twitter. The, the Nation can't. of Islam, dude. We can't. We honestly
2: can't. We don't even have time to get into how that <laughs> went completely. It started off with Kaepernick and why Kaepernick's not in the league. And people were really arguing with me that they're a court. The reason he's not in the league is because he's not good. And I pointed out a number of different quarterbacks who were never accomplished anything remotely close to what Kaepernick's accomplished. But somehow it turned into Trump, Republicans, and then it became... Uh, Muslims killed Malcolm X and I was like (laughs) what like I I just I was really confused and the the dude essentially said that the nation well he was like "My, my Muslims killed my family in the Middle East and those same Muslims are the ones that killed Malcolm X and I'm like no nation of Islam and like Sunni Islam like Muslims in the Middle East they're not the same type of Muslim like there's different branches of Muslim of Islam this dude from the NOI was like, "You don't know what the fuck you're talking about." And I was like, "What are you talking about, dude? Like, get out of here, get out! Like, come on, man, I'm am over here. I'm I'm actually defending you."
1: But <laughs> yo, this whatever. whole shit is like watching Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. It's ridiculous. I feel like we're living in that now. We're all like wild stereotypes and stuff that's not even facts. Everything's just exploded, and it's hilarious. I was looking at your timeline, I was like, yo, I don't even know how he got into this, but let me just scroll right past it. It's, yes, yes. It's, it's,
2: it's, it was rough, man. It's, it's, like I said, people are just stupid. I don't even know how else to say it. Like the whole, <laughs> this, this Kaepernick thing was something that, and it started because a friend of mine, Jazzfly, who was on the VH1 show Gossip, whatever, like about journalists, and now she's a writer for This Is, uh, this Is Us. She's a writer on that show. She had tweeted that basically Kaepernick lost his life worth for doing what his life was worth, which was protesting. And that's how. And I retweeted it. And then it was just like, "Yo, Kaepernick apologists." And I'm like, "Y'all are wild, man. Y'all like, y'all really can't see this man's not getting signed because of this. Y'all really
1: think it's about his skills? It's crazy." Yo, your Twitter feed was more entertaining than the BET Awards. Because at one point, a dude called you a thug. Yeah, that happened. He was like, "Yo, you're a thug," and he said something else. That he called dude, me a statistic.
2: He said I was yeah, a statistic, statistic. <laughs> because he, he was talking like, "Yo, he was talking about welfare," and he was saying, and I was explaining to him like why health insurance is important because people can't afford health insurance. It's not cheap, right? And the reason why you know the care plan is put in place is for people who don't make enough money or are self employed can afford health insurance. And he was like, "You're just like a statistic." I'm like, "Bro." I can guarantee you that you need welfare more than I do. Financially, I'm good. Like, don't ever come at me when you talk about money. Like, I'm I'm straight. Like, he was like he worked at like some store, and I'm like, come on, man, don't call me a statistic. I don't need food stamps. Like, and and, and that's nothing against people that do, but come on, that's ridiculous.
1: Shout out to the EBT card. It got me through like four years with three kids. Listen, man, it works. I wish this guy listened to the podcast. Because listen, I was a statistic. I'm all good. It got me to where I'm supposed to be. So it's, it's all good. That, ooh, that EBT card, though, people don't know the joy of the EBT card reing up on the first. And you just going and buying steaks and chilling like you just living on top of the world. And then you check it like a week later and you got a ration. What's left on the EBT card? You're a week in. You're like, damn, yo, I got to make this last 120 stretch for three weeks because you blew everything in the first week. The struggles of the EBT card. I know people feel me, and I'm showing my age, because I had never seen a food stamp in my life. Like the paper ones? Oh, wow. I've never seen one. So the EBT card, though, that had me right, got me through college and a couple years after that. So if people want to know how I became a journalist, it's because I was dead broke, but I fed my family off of EBT. So your tax money works sometimes. Um, talking about the BET Awards, I went left. BET Awards happened, and before we even get to the show, the best part of the show wasn't in the show. The best part of the show happened 45 minutes before the show even started. Whose side are you on? Joe Budden or Migos? In which, this shouldn't even be the two sides, because there's a bigger clown than both of them. And Migos were wearing... (laughs) They were on the red carpet wearing blouses They're not the worst part of this But I'll let you choose a side, Joe Budden or Amigo Well, like I've told a
2: lot of people And people have asked me about this Like Joe Budden being unprofessional First of all, this is what happens Um, People that aren't up to speed for some reason Just aren't on social media Joe Budden uh, has a show What the hell is the name of the show? And I watch it all the time, I can never remember the name of the show Yo, I I
1: don't even watch that show I listen to his podcast though, but I don't watch the show
2: Anyway, he has a show on Complex, him, uh, DJ Academics, and Nadesca, I believe her name is, uh, where they just kind of just talk. It's like, it's just talking heads, debating numerous subjects in hip hop. And they it's were first on the first red- take, right?
1: It's a hip hop first take. Somewhat,
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah, very much so. So they were on the red carpet interviewing artists, and apparently Migos was to be interviewed. Now, Migos, from my recollection, from anything I've seen, they don't give good interviews. And apparently, Joe Budden wasn't a fan of doing an interview with Migos, although he likes their music. He just didn't see what point was there doing an interview if they give poor interviews. Well, they do the interview, and I guess it's really loud on the red carpet. I've been on BET red carpets before. It is extraordinarily loud. You can't hear. And, uh, which one was it? Takeoff? Offset?
1: Nah, it was, uh, Takeoff. Offset is on everything, and so is Quavo, or whatever, but Takeoff is on nothing almost. Even though he does the ad-libs, I secretly want to be Takeoff in life, and I just want to do ad-libs on songs and get a third of the pay.
2: At any rate, uh, academics asked Takeoff, you know, how does it feel not being on their biggest song, which is bad and bougie, obviously. And Takeoff was like, what are you talking about? I'm, I am on this song. And <laughs> it, 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 this goes back and forth for like a good 30 seconds, and, and academics can't hear him, and people thought it was because of his his uh, his dialect, his his southern dialect was so, so deep, but it was because he clearly couldn't hear him. This, um, I couldn't
1: understand him and I could hear it. So, so either way.
2: L- long story short, uh, Joe Button, I guess, hadn't been feeling the interview, so he said to cut the interview short. Academics continues to ask questions and he says something along the lines like, You guys are my favorite group, which is like a no no in journalism. And Button gives him like a crooked eye, jumps up, drops the mic, and walks off. Migos jumps up like they want to fight, like they've been disrespected, which I can understand why they would feel that way. Um, but this has been the talk of the internet. You know, Migos jumped up, like looking like purple rain, uh, with their blouses on, and Joe Budden walked off, and then it, it was almost a scrap on the BET Awards carpet. Now, first of all, BET needs to um, not have awards. I don't. I just don't understand it. BET Awards, Source Awards, Vibe Awards. There's always like some semblance of violence that's un- completely unnecessary. Because later on that night, Migos were going to get in
1: a fight with Chris Brown. Anyway, this doesn't happen. Like <laughs> and Chris Brown was chilling by the car. Like, no, like was happening. Um, so Migos need to start dressing appropriate for starting beef, right? Like, <laughs> listen, if you start beef in the 90s, you were good. You had Tim's on. You had long jeans. They were baggy. You had some maneuverability. Your, your, your white tee came down to your knees in case you got a hockey style, pull it over someone's head. So there, there was a lot of advantages to fighting in the 90s. Now, what can you really do with skinny jeans and blouses? Like, you're going to get a run in your stockings. Like, I I don't understand why people are starting beef dressed like they are today. Half of the Migos were wearing loafers. They weren't even wearing sneakers. You can't fight loafers. Uh, You know, it's a DC award. It's a
2: fashion show. But at any rate, there's people that are saying that Joe Budden was being petty. Look, I've been in in music journalism for 15 years. Ooh, show that age. How long I've been doing this? I've been doing music journalism for 15 years, um like straight out of college, and I've had my fair share of interviews that are going left, right, and where the subject just doesn't want to answer anything. And I've cut them short. I don't have time for it because if I'm not getting the story, what's the point? So I understand where Joe Button was coming from, where he was like like at the end of the interview they're not even like there's friction in this interview nothing good is going to come out of this and academics continues to answer questions you ask questions for whatever reason and joe button dropped the mic the mic drop was unprofessional because <laughs> it came off as disrespectful but for the other side of it as an artist as an entertainer look you are obligated like they didn't come to you you came on their show Give a decent interview. Some of y'all need some media training. And that and like it goes for fighters. It goes for uh, celebrities, musicians. Like You got to know how to give a good interview. Now, granted, people feel like Mios are on the top of the world. They don't owe anybody anything. That's not necessarily true because one day you are going to need the media. My rule has always been I don't need you for my story. So you can either cooperate or not. If you don't give me what I need, I'm going to write about you not giving me what I need. And that's just going to make you look even worse.
1: Yeah, but so, then at that point we interview a lot of people like that. We're about to do so in a couple of weeks, right? Like Floyd is not going to give us anything. But see, Floyd is different. Floyd does
2: give you something. It, it, it's, but it's not what you want, right? <laughs> Floyd gives you very canned answers that you can kind of expect. And, and like, there's a lot of artists that have done this over the years. Floyd's a master of this because he's not going to get caught in the spin cycle. It's, it's, it defends himself against stupid questions, so he, he gives a lot of canned answers. Migos wasn't giving, they were giving one word answers. Floyd doesn't do that. He, he was technically asking
1: answer. a question. Yeah, like if you're an artist, like and you're getting interviewed, give an answer. Right? It that's was what a what dumbass I mean. question. Like, there is no answer to that question. Do you feel you were left out of bad and boot? Like, what is he supposed to say to that? It was a dumbass that's question. That's what I'm saying. Which this is, is once what again, happens. academics is an idiot. And listen, he's good at what he does, right? But if we're just going to pure for like pure journalism, you have a show that should lean upon some rules of journalism. You are now a professional in this show and you are no longer just an internet troll or wise guy or a guy who lucked up onto a site and people for some reason listen to you. Now you have to carry yourself professionally. and You have a brand, something that actually matters and you step into a different space, act accordingly. No different than Jesus and Miro. I give them nothing but props for that late night show because... You know what? I listen to Bodega Boys and Deezus versus Miro on Complex. I've been listening since the start and they've evolved. Their nighttime show isn't what it was early on. They understand you got to bring a level of professionalism with the wild shit and it works. He doesn't know how to do that. That question was stupid and Migo should have jumped him and he had the fidgety fingers for a reason. Like, yo, I should be the one getting slept because it was a dumb question. And a dumb response. Huh? Huh? That's just rude. My man, you got no manners? Like, what are you doing? But
2: this is the problem when you have people who don't have experience in journalism doing a journalist's job. Right? Especially with an artist who didn't want to really cooperate with the interview in the first place. So it's like, it, it was destined to be a failure. Right? So I have no problem with Joe Budden whatsoever, aside from the mic drop. I thought the mic drop was something that you didn't necessarily need to do and it comes off as disrespectful. Migos, it's like yeah it was a stupid question right but from what i've gathered the whole interview was like that like they was they were just giving like one word answers and there was just there was no enthusiasm there's like the energy wasn't there i've been there i cut those interviews short I, i just like if it's not especially on the red carpet you don't have time for that if anybody's ever been on a red carpet before you don't have time to try to you know, massage your, your subject and make him feel comfortable with your conversation. Fuck that. If we, I ain't got time for it. On to the next one. Granted, Migos, are the, the, you know, the nominated and all this other, whatever. I ain't got time for it. It's not that serious. <laughs> so at, ultimately, academics is, a, is a, a goofball who needs to learn the art of journalism before he's on the red carpet. But this is the world that we live in, where reality stars become actors and take real professions without doing anything professionally. Is he a reality star? Where did he come from? I thought he was I, like
1: a Paris Hilton gossip blogger.
2: He's not a reality. Like I'm, I'm just using that as a term. I'm saying yeah. like reality TV people have taken a lot of position. He's not a reality TV person, but that's the era that we live in, where people just with no experience get thrown into these positions, and he's thrown into one. And granted, you know he's benefiting. Um, I'm sure he's making some money. You know he's got a, a hefty, you know, social media following. Um, but you know he almost got knocked out by Mick, Vic Mensa on the show for saying some dumb shit, talking about sh- Chicago violence. Like you just. You what you do in front of your computer, you have to be able to do that in front of somebody. And a lot of these people are just way too
1: pussy to do that in front of the keyboard oh, gangsters. Yeah, gotta love it. Um, before we move on, gotta you know dig deep into the life of Andreas. Yo, you have you ever been jumped or jumped Co- somebody? Of course, I've been jumped. Like uh, I, I don't, <laughs> what? What rite of passage?
2: Like, look, short story, story time with Andreas. <laughs> When I was in sixth grade, like, I moved to Vegas from New York when I was in, like, third grade. And I was in, like, the white neighborhood. So I went to, like, white schools. When I got, went to sixth grade, I moved. And I moved across town to a school called, and I went to a school called Ruby Thomas, which was, like, the hood school. And I got there, and I had this hefty New York accent. And um, the kids, you know, I was new. And this this is, like, the height of, like... The Bloods and Crips like gangs. So in sixth grade, I'm the new kid. I'm am a nerd at that. Um, so the kids wanted to test me. So and I didn't want to be tested. So I you know I used to fight all the white kids, but it was different when you live like like when you live in the hood. It's it's a different kind of fight. It's never it's not one on one anymore. So I got in a fight, and I, then the next day on the basketball court I got jumped, and I fought and I fought every day for like three weeks. <laughs> every day I fought. It's a rite of passage, man. And then, like, if you don't fight back, nobody's going to respect you. So, yeah, of course I got jumped. Like, being jumped is, uh, don't tell me, you haven't been jumped.
1: I have not been jumped. Jesus Christ. Yo, okay, there's a lot of wild stuff. Once again, I don't want to make this seem, because people immediately, I know our fan base, are going to say, oh, the goddamn Kell moments make sense. So, no, listen, I haven't been jumped. Uh, I've never had a whooping in my life. Like, I've never got my ass whooped ever. Neither one of my parents, my grandparents, no one. Never been hit with a belt, never been spanked with a hand, nothing. wow, um, in life. Yeah, I know it's wild. So, <laughs> I've so and I haven't fought like gotten in a fight, fight since 4th grade. So before then I used to flip on people in New York and I used to just beat people up for a second and used to just fight and I was just notorious for that. Then I hit like 4th grade, no one else would fight me, and then I came out to Vegas Whenever I can, I come out to Vegas, like end of middle school and people were always just cool with me. Like they didn't care. Yeah. My first, my last year of middle school was here. So everyone was just cool with me. I was kind of like chunky and about to lose weight. So I was always just kind of playing the background, but everyone thought it was cool that I was from New York. And then I had all like accelerated classes. So I was with smart people. So no one was in position to jump me. And then I just played sports. And then we played football and High school, you can't get jumped because there's just a million of you of all times. Like, I was never dolo, so no one was jumping me. Um, On the opposite end of the spectrum, every now and then, I've had to jump somebody. And it wasn't purposeful. um, And I don't count that as me getting in a fight. But, you know, every now and then, you just got to get in and, and tussle a bit just to even up the numbers. I remember when I first moved out here, my cousin KP got in a fight. It was me, my cousin KP and my cousin Muff, who is currently like a world traveler. She's crazy. And we were walking home and my cousin KP was fighting this white kid. White kid was in band. Had like the the trumpet, but you know how it comes in like the big box, the black joint that looks like a suitcase? Yeah. Yeah. So the kid and KP were about to fight. KP is a tiny little dude. He's probably like 52 and we're grown ass men now. And KP squared up, hit the kid twice. I was like, all right, cool. They're just shooting a fair one. The kid takes the trumpet, hits KP with the trumpet. He hits KP with the trumpet. His friends were about to jump in. I hold his friends back. KP got the busted lip or whatever, whatever. The kid was like, all right, it's over. They walked away. We walked away. And that day, KP was like, yo, why didn't you jump in? And once again, they're from Cali. I'm fresh from New York. I was like, what? Y'all just shooting a fair one. Like, what do you mean jump in? It was you versus him. Don't get hit with a trumpet. And when we got back to like the crib with my cousin Brandon and the whole family, they're like, yo, what do you mean you didn't jump in? They're like, next time you don't jump in, we're jumping you. I was like, I don't understand this logic. Like that shit was flawed. And since that day, whenever someone fought, I always, you know, always figured I'd jump in just because like that, that lesson was learned that if you're, if you're a dude, your cousin, whoever it is, is taking an ass whooping, you jump in and just let it be a melee. Because you just can't let them take an ass whooping, <laughs> which he just got hit with a trumpet. I found it perfectly fair. Wow. But that's the extent of me jumping people and getting jumped. Never been jumped. Um, I've seen several people almost get jumped. Uh, I mean, I went to Rancho High School in Vegas. If anyone's been there, um, it was like when Donna Street was really popping, which was Zone for Rancho. Twenty um, Eighth Street was Zone for Rancho. So, and there was just mad Mexican gangs around. So, occasionally someone would get jumped. You'd watch. You laugh whatever whatever people weren't even shooting nobody at that time so it, it, it was fun times just watching people get jumped I never did I was never in position to get jumped by someone wearing blouses he rolled up the sleeves ever so gently that's how you know the Migos mean business man imagine you getting jumped by a guy in a blouse nah no, that's okay <laughs> you, you can't even can't even look yourself in the mirror um, before we end this segment though two things I want to say BT awards were trash they're always trash Yeah, the hip-hop awards are the real awards. These awards are whack. New Edition went on. There was some type of error where there was mad dead air. But it's New Edition. It's only right that something goes horribly wrong when they're on stage.
2: It's only right when something goes on the BET stage. Remember, for those who are new to the show, I worked at BET for (laughs) a year. I was an executive there. Uh, Yeah, this is not surprising. But you know what's funny? That there was like a billion new edition on stage. There was like the t- the movie new edition, the movie kids, the movie adults, and then it was new edition. And the worst people on stage were the real new edition. That was crazy.
1: Do you expect them to be good after all the shit they've done? Uh, you know, I'm glad that I, they can walk.
2: Listen, Bobby is the only one that really. And I read Bobby's book, which is crazy, by the way, but. He's the only one that really has an excuse. Now, when you get older, like, boys, if you look at Boys the Men, who are a few years younger than New Edition, Boys the Men sounds phenomenal. Like, Ralph Tresvant sounded horrible. Even yeah. Johnny's starting to lose it a bit. Um, And, you know, like, they were singing over the track. Yo, it was just a lot of people on stage, and it gave me a headache. And that was kind of <laughs> like the epitome of the BT Awards. So. Yes, album.
1: that that's a good synopsis right there. Um shout out to friend of the Podcast, Royce the Five Nine dropped the bar exam for a mixtape. I've been listening to it all week. I have to say it's the best mixtape I've heard in years. So crazy that I just had to talk about it for two seconds. There's not a bad song on there and a couple songs are just mind blowing. It's incredible to see what a real MC does with these little uh, you know, radio made for radio beats and how good they could be. But instead people just sing song over. Pretty much. Um that's about it for our entertainment section. Let's move on to the stuff we're supposed to be here to talk about, which is boxing, pro wrestling, MMA. Not too much in boxing, so we're just going to lump it in real quick before you take a break. We have Pacquiao on free TV. This is not a test. It is not 2006. Pacquiao is on ESPN. Is this the end for Pacquiao? This is this is the end of the road. Yes. I mean, look,
2: whatever deal that they signed with ESPN to broadcast this fight, good for Manny Pacquiao, good for top rank boxing because nobody was going to watch it otherwise. Nobody's going to buy it on pay per view. This is the way you need to go. Um, I know, like people, like Adrian Broner ridiculing Pacquiao for being on ESPN, but you're on free TV too, bro. Shut up. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I'm going to watch the fight. You know, I, I still want to see if Manny Pacquiao has anything left. But, yeah, this is it, man. Like I said, I've said it a million times on the show. So it's a farewell tour for Manny Pacquiao.
1: So he doesn't get this Floyd fight. Because I think there's a possibility he gets the Floyd rematch. Absolutely. Freddie not. Roach said he wants it. If there's a big enough... If the, one, if he gets a knockout here, which he hasn't gotten in damn near a decade. So that's a huge if. But if he does, enough people will see it because it's on free TV. And there'll be enough buzz. <laughs> Skip Bayless, who still thinks the injury actually played a part in the first fight that it would say, you know what, Floyd, fight Manny again next May. We'll call it end of the line there. Mm-hmm. Both healthy. I think there might be a swell of people who will pay again. Only $60, not 100 again. It won't be as big as the first fight. But it will be big enough to land them both a, a nice amount of change.
2: I mean, I, I honestly hope not. You know, like, it's hard because we have freak shows. And Pacquiao, uh, Mayweather McGregor is a freak show. So... Uh, pretty much anything can happen but yeah man i mean even if he knocks out jeff horn he's jeff horn <laughs> i mean it's not like anybody that anybody who watches boxing even knows like casual fight fans are like who is jeff horn hardcore fight fans was like who is jeff horn so manny pacquiao knocking him out i don't think necessarily think it creates a buzz but you're right you know skip bayless and a few of these other guys will start banging the drum manny pacquiao floyd mayweather too which is completely unnecessary because it's not like the second fight will be any different from the first.
1: It might be worse.
2: Could I, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't know if anything could be worse than that first fight from a fan perspective. It was what, a lot older. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I'm saying, like, if Mayweather's not going to be taking a whole lot of chances regardless of who he fights, you know, depending on how he looks against McGregor. Like, if he doesn't knock out McGregor, then he's just not taking any more chances ever again for the rest of his life. He's safe.
1: That's what the fight will look like. It'll be a safe fight. And who wants to see that? I don't know. As many people that paid for Ward versus Kovalev at least? Because that flopped and that wasn't a safe fight. That was actually a really good fight. Couldn't sell anything. Poor Kovalev, whose deal was based around pay-per-view sales and gate. Neither did well. No. it. it yeah. Being at the fight, I was like, God,
2: where are all the people? <laughs> two of the... like look, Easily, two of the top five pound for pound fighters in the world are competing in the same weight class. Like... This is, like, Mayweather Pacquiao was not the two top five pound-for-pound pound fighters in the world.
1: Uh, Pacquiao was, what, like three or four at that time? No, he wasn't. He wasn't that high. I thought he
2: was. Mm-mm. I, we'll have to double-check, but I'm pretty sure he was. At that point, um, I think he was still, like, down. I'm pretty sure in Rain Magazine he was, like, seven. Okay. Like Because, you know, he was coming off the Marquez knockout. Um, you know, he he beat Tim Bradley, and people were like, oh, he looked good against Tim Bradley, but whatever. Um, and you know, other people were coming up, maybe he might've slipped in there, but it's very rare that you have two top five pound for pound fighter, uh, fighters face each other. They couldn't draw anything. And it's, it's sad. It's unfortunate, but that's it's boxing. When you don't do anything outside of the ring to sell a fight, like when you're not doing the, the basketball wise fights and the reality TV stuff, <laughs> it's hard to sell a fight, man. It's really hard. If and, and, and there's, you know, people
1: don't like Andre Ward. For whatever reason. They just don't like him. Kovalev is a Russian. Can't sell a fight. Yeah, son of God was not selling tickets. So that's pretty much it for boxing, right? That kind of quick recap is all we had this week. So let's take a break. We got to come back. We got to talk MMA. Some quality stuff on here, including Bellator, which their pay-per-view is just crazy. Um, Holly Holm finally lands another KO. BJ Penn may still be dead and a whole lot more injuries media a little bit of everything so you guys stay tuned we'll be right back after this quick break listen up because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week giving it free to the people now we know nobody likes filling out surveys but we really need you to do it it won't take you more than five minutes and besides helping out the show you'll be entered for a chance to win a hundred dollars itunes gift card You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible.
2: Yeah, man, well, I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right, and if you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes Amazon.com gift card, right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. If there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please, Do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that, keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like, and then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out.
1: I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are gonna fill out that survey. We're gonna get more ads. We're gonna be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, we're back and it's time to talk to MMA. I have a full rundown, right, people? So I do this rundown so we know exactly what to talk about on the show. We try not to miss anything. Professionalism. Maybe academics can learn that. So I have this rundown and I forgot to talk about the biggest thing, at least to us and what affects us, and that's Fox Sports cutting their entire digital department. All writers, including MMA. And I believe there's another website that is following suit. You said MTV is coming writers. Yep. Is this the new trend? Is it all video? Is it all podcast? Is it all what we're doing here and being in front of the camera that pays? And I'm not even sure how much that pays. Probably not a lot. But is this the, the trend of the future? Are we practicing a lost art in writing still?
2: No. We've been having this art, this discussion about the written word for a long time. And, Yes, it is trending the wrong way for a lot of us writers, but people still read, right? Like, you go to work, not everybody can watch a video and listen to a podcast. People still read articles. Um, for, for a network like Fox, who is a network, people come to the network to look for stuff that was on the network. So videos that supplement, you know, the uh, Undisputed Show and anything else that's on there, that makes sense. It's unfortunate, but most people don't go to Fox for news, like to read their news. Um, MTV. Most people don't go to MTV to read their news. And when you're, when you're a video department, when you have a video-based uh, outlet anyway, it kind of only makes sense you know, to do so. That This doesn't mean that, that the written word won't come back for either of those networks. But I mean, I'm not too surprised. It's sad because there's a lot of good writers that got cut from both places, and Yahoo just had massive layoffs as well. Um, but
1: Really? I, I don't didn't see anyone who got let go from that.
2: Uh, this was a couple weeks ago. Yahoo let go about twenty two hundred people.
1: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. From the
2: acquisition, so this is not necessarily a sign of the times because we've been debating this video thing for a long time. But you know, there there are going to be people that are going to lose jobs. It, it's the the unemployment line in journalism just gets longer, and, and this is why I tell people like, don't stick yourself in a, in a box. Like if you're a music writer, find some other shit to write about, because. That, that well going to dry up, and you're going to need to be elsewhere. So you got to be, you know, diverse. But a lot of people just aren't.
1: Yeah, that's it's rough. Um, so a lot of good writers get cut, man. A, yeah. a ton, um, especially from Fox Sports side. It, it kind of just weirded out the industry because it's like, yo, how do you have an online entity with no writers, with just video? Like, how fast can you turn around these videos with amazing quality? How timely is your stuff going to be? Are people going to care by the time you release the video? There's so many questions to that where words are so much faster. Um, you know, to just get something edited, get it out. The process is so much more streamlined, and which is why it's worked over time. There's a reason for it. And it's it's crazy to see them try to go different. But we're talking about it, I think, in one of our group chats. And you said, you know, they can't compete with the big boys. They can't compete with ESPN. Damn sure can't compete with Bleacher on the digital side. So what do you do? And you got to go completely left. And I guess this is it. You know, some people are definite casualties. MMA jobs were small, you know, few and far between anyway. This only makes it tougher. So, man, shout out to them. You know, I just hope they all bounce on their feet, um, you know, land the next job, and and we keep moving because you know, Ariel Hawanis MMA Journalism Association or whatever aside, it is like a, a cool little community and brotherhood. There's not too much too, not too many people coming in, not too many people going out. So it, it's sad to see when you know someone just gets dropped like that. So hopefully they bounce back. Um let's get into some real MMA. Bellator NYC. <laughs> That's the real MMA you want to continue. Real through? MMA, right. quote unquote. Okay. Uh it started going bad from what? The Phil Davis fight? Oh, absolutely. Phil Davis, Ryan Bader, and then the
2: ship just... I mean, this was probably one of the most bizarre series of fights I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I wasn't a fan of the the Bader-Phil Davis fight coming into it. I thought, you know, Bader's the newer guy just from the UFC. I thought Phil had the look they were going for, you know, to market Phil going forward. They put him in the tournament. He did well, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was a good look, and I thought it would be a nice little stepping stone for Phil. Lo and behold, he chokes in a boring fight. Bader's the champion.
2: I mean, look, I don't even know. Like, this is what happens. It's like Scott Cobra. Did you watch the first fight? You put in two fighters who aren't necessarily known for their hands but are, are wrestlers. They're going to negate each other. And you make it five rounds? It's going it's to be terrible. <laughs> like, it's, it was destined to be an awful fight. It was destined. And, and you know, I think... I think I might have had Phil Davis winning that fight by a round.
1: Oh, I had Bader winning.
2: But either way, everybody, the fans lost. It's a terrible fight. Furthermore, to put this on free television right before the pay per view, that's a fight you put on the pay per view when you already got everybody's money. That's what you do. Like you take their money and then you like, well, now you're stuck with this shit. Rather than using that as a marketing tool to make people uh, buy the pay per view at the last minute. Which is what you should do, which is why they put Uriah Favor on those UFC prelims. Correct. Like you put on a good fight so people would say, you know what? I'm going to buy this. That Impulse fight, buys. that buy. You want your money back. Yeah. People were like, mm, I don't even know. Like, Even I was sitting there like I had to cover it. I was like, damn,
1: I, I don't know if I want to watch this shit anymore.
2: But I did, and then it just went
1: from <laughs> bad to bizarre. Yeah, no, it, it didn't get any better. Um, we open up the pay-per-view with a championship fight, correct?
2: Yes. Lorenz um, Larkin and Douglas Lima.
1: Yes. Larkin versus Lima. expected Larkin to win. He did not. To me, that wasn't an exciting fight, and it really should have been.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's one of those things where the matchmaking was spot on. Um, Lorenz Larkin jumps in, uh, gets a fight with Douglas Lima. A lot of people weren't too high on Douglas Lima lost to Ben Askren, but he wasn't fighting a wrestler, and everybody else these has been able to put hands on. You would think that him and Larkin would have a knockdown out brawl. It was a decent fight. Larkin got clipped, um, but yeah, Douglas Lima is still still the champ. Just
1: wasn't anything special. Nothing special. And you, now you're at like okay, now there's two boring fights, and I'll just call them boring. It, you know, it was average. How about that? Right. Two average fights, and you know, the end. Is just going to be you know just fluff pieces. So you're like, okay, there's two more fights. If I pay my money, there's two fights that are gonna give me my money's worth. So next you have the debut of the young kid. Oh, why is his name escaping me? What's the young kid? The twenty year old. I'm gonna make you look it up. Oh, come on. We don't got time. Eric Pico Pico, thank you. I almost said Pico de Gallo. The most, the most hyped MMA debut in a while, maybe, maybe ever. Since Sage, he might have been. I mean, this was his MMA debut. Like oh, this yeah, no, yeah. pro debut. Yeah. no, true. That is very true. He, he was 0-4, and they gave him a guy who was eight and two. Yeah. So that tells you what they thought of him. But you know, the hype was real. Pico's been training since he was like what twelve, in all mixed martial arts, world class wrestler. Skipped college wrestling to turn pro. He was supposed to be the LeBron James of MMA. And he came out looking like Sebastian Telford.
2: So Not even Sebastian Telford. At least Sebastian Telford, you know, he looked decent in the pros for a hot second. Darius Miles. Dude, like, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, they played. Like, Pico was barely on the court. <laughs> Last 29 seconds before he got caught. He ain't Kwame like Brown, though. Mm, I mean, dude, it's pretty bad, yo. It's, it's. it doesn't get much better than like for, for it doesn't get much worse There's, I don't think you can get a more disastrous debut this was worse than CM Punk's debut CM Punk lasted longer than Eric Pico
1: think about that <sighs> oh that's rough
2: yeah so uh
1: yeah so <laughs> Pico oh, CM Punk lasted I didn't yeah, even Punk think about lasted that lasted over
2: 2 minutes Pico lasted what just under 30 seconds
1: yeah that's rough
2: he walked into one and got choked out. So does this mean it's, <laughs> it's the end of Aaron Pico? I don't think so. I think he goes, you know, I think he works hard, and he, you know, you don't give him an eight and two experienced MMA guy, um, and maybe he gets some wins. But man, this is this is like the ship was just sinking and for Bellator at this point because now Scott Coker, his biggest, you know, his biggest signing in terms of a, a young prospect, just got blown up by a guy who's definitely never going to challenge for a title, Zach Freeman. Then Zach Freeman had the nerve to say in an interview with MMA Junkie that says his victory is why he holds out hope for McGregor against Mayweather. Shut up.
1: (laughs) Yo, he flipped on everyone in the post fight. Like, you guys didn't want to interview me before. I was like, oh, that chip on his shoulder was big. Because he just got real brand new on everyone. But can we knock him? This might be it for him. Like, this might be the crowning moment of his entire career. So, rumble, young man, rumble. Talk that trash. So, if you're going to upset someone, that's how you do it. You land that one big punch, you get the choke out, you style in on him, and on to the next fight, where he probably gets finished in, what, under a minute? <laughs> and Pico is going to bounce back. I've been saying it for a long time, MMA is not built for 20-year-olds. You can be good. You can be great, like John Jones. There can be anomalies. There's... You know, there's 14-year-olds that go to Harvard. That thing's not built for 14-year-olds. Yes, it's a tough world out there. You fight somebody with experience, but it's just, you know,
2: octagon, cage jitters, whatever it was. He'll be back. It's just, it
1: was disastrous for it to happen on a pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they put him in the spot, and the bright lights got to him. But the, the climb will be... Perfectly fine as long as he bounces back. You know, we, we've seen guys Robbie Lawler, we we've seen guys get cut. It's supposed to be supreme talents and get cut and bounce back. The kid will be fine. And probably a future Bellator champion before it's all said and done. If anything, this is a blessing in disguise because this probably keeps around Bellator longer than they could have ever imagined. Cause now he has something to prove. Perhaps.
2: Um, then what we have? We had uh Brett Primus pulling off an upset, beating Michael Chandler after Chandler had a nasty injury to his ankle like a minute into the fight. Yes. This is like bad
1: this was bad. Unforced errors. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing I was saying was let the man fight. He's on one leg telling him to kick it. He's
2: like, Chandler's please balls, hit me. Man. <laughs> Michael Chandler is a tough guy Because I would have been like nah that's okay Because I mean fighting on one leg is going to be I mean you just really have to believe in yourself He almost landed um, the knockout Yeah I know he clipped him which is crazy But <laughs> it's unfortunate there will be a rematch But it's like Brett Primus I believe Was like a plus 500 or He might have been even a bigger underdog Than Conor McGregor is heading into this
1: fight Yeah I mean Go if pick. you bet The two underdogs so if you bet against Chandler and you bet against Pico You made out like a king. Yeah, easy. But I'm sure very few people did. And moving forward... Oh, God. Oh. Man, they just can't let the glory years be the glory years, right? Uh... So we've talked about what Fedor has done. I said I didn't watch that much Pride Fedor. I saw, like, three fights for an article I had to watch once. Um... And people crushed me in my group in our group chat, like, oh, how do you rank anyone in the best ever rankings if you never saw enough of Fedor? They say well, if you never saw any Fedor. Listen, I've seen Fedor. I haven't watched every Fedor fight. Like I've watched every fight of a lot of other fighters. So I said, okay, you know what? I gotta go back, watch all of Fedor's fights. Um because it was before I started covering MMA, it was before I was, you know, in the game. So I was like, cool. Uh, instead of just watching Strike Force and WEC, which is what I went back and watched all of and caught up on, i got to add pride to the list. I've been chopping away at that for the past month. Um, old school Vanderlei is just nasty, by the way, but we'll get there. So, Fedor comes in and everyone's like, oh, you know, the nostalgia of it, he can win. They just want to see him fight again. And now, he's just wrecking the legacy that he once had and I don't know how you say it doesn't wreck the legacy if that is going to be your future argument because fights like this in Matt Mitrione when you almost land a double knockout because it was a double knockdown and it was a race to see who gets up first and Fedor looked like an old man with a bad hip he needed the yo I, I'm on the floor and I can't get up the life alert because simply he couldn't get up and got finished because he couldn't get to his feet or a knee or anything like that he got knocked out by a punch when he was already on his back when Mitrion climbed on top of him. That's what knocked him out. So it, it's, it was sad to see a guy who can't move anymore. Yeah,
2: I mean... All right, there's two things. One, we're going to forget about these losses when we talk about the legacy of Fedor. Uh, really? Yeah. We forgot about... Dude, we, people forgot about Sugar Ray Leonard, who he lost to. People forgot about who Muhammad Ali lost to on the tail end of his career. We, you forget about losses. You forget, like, once you... Those, those, like, Anderson Silva, 10 years from now, people are going to say, okay, he got beat up by Chris Reitman, but those years of dominance were unlike anything we've ever seen. And the same thing will happen to Fedor. It's obvious. Fedor's old. It, like, he shouldn't be fighting.
1: but I want to say think... he's a year older than Cormier, but, but a different. lot more miles.
2: Yeah. <laughs> his his mileage MMA is... mileage is deep. Yeah, the, the mileage on Fedor's body from all those years fighting a heavyweight in pride and all the wars he has been in, all the people that he beat. Because it's not like Fedor just beat up cans in pride. He beat the best heavyweights that we've ever seen in mixed martial arts. <laughs> all he, of them put in front of him. And, like, and, and that's all that they gave him in, in pride. Unfortunately, he never got to do it on the big stage with the UFC. But these fights, it's almost like... See, it's not the same as Roy Jones who... Mm-hmm. Like you kind of almost chalk the rest of Roy Jones' career up to nah, whatever. But he's fighting like Roy's fighting a decade too long. I don't see Fedor fighting ten years too long. I don't see him fighting for another ten years. No, that'd be that'd be unwise. And you know, granted, like he lost to um, he lost to Fabricio Verdum, and that was in 2010. Then he lost to Bigfoot. Then he lost to Dan Henderson. That should have been it. He fought a little bit longer. Um, he beat Jeff Monson. He beat Satoshi Ishii. And then, you know, he goes out here against Matt Mitrione and, and does kind of what I expected. I didn't expect him to beat Meathead. Um, oh, God. Then, then, when he then, dropped him, how excited were you, though? I'm going to be honest. Like, I was typing, and I heard them both hit the canvas, and I didn't know what the hell happened. I looked up, <laughs> and I was like, what the hell's going on? And then I saw <laughs> Mitrione just, he was like, oh, and just climbed on top of him and punched him. And I was like, this is stupid. Um, and that was just kind of my reaction. I was like, Fedor's dead. doesn't need to be fighting anymore. Um, no, and but, it happened way
1: too soon. It's not like we got a round of Fedor. No, nah, we got we got what just over a minute. Minute, that's it. Quick minute. and easy, up out of here. So it's not the, necessarily the way that you want to go out. But once again, it's combat sports. A lot of people go out on their shield and on their yeah. back, like BJ Penn, like we, like dude. Oh, we're getting there. Oh, we're Box, getting there. Like <laughs> no, like the the one thing. You know, I know we're on
2: the MMA segment, but the one thing about uh, Floyd Mayweather. That is completely different from any other fighter is he's ending his career, never tasting defeat. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen.
1: People don't retire when they're supposed to. In which he didn't, by the way. What? I mean, he didn't retire when he said he was supposed to. He's come back.
2: Yeah, but he's coming back for a fluff fight where he should, kill, you know, he should run over McGregor. But if he loses, then people say he shouldn't have came out.
1: I was about to say, what's the craziest shit? To, like, honestly, if McGregor catches him with one which won't happen, but let's give this 0. .0001% chance. McGregor catches him and wins. How crazy would this shit be? I'll tell you, the
2: first thing that'll happen is people will call a fix. That's the first thing that people will say. And, that, and, and it'll be hard to disprove it. <laughs> what? There's no proof for it. What do you mean it's hard to but I'm, just prove I'm it? Just, I'm saying that because in the minds of of many, people will say that there's too much money in this fight for a rematch, that Mayweather took a dive for the bread. Even though as ludicrous as it would be, it's going to be hard for people to fathom McGregor beating Mayweather without some kind of fix being in <laughs> Great. it shouldn't happen but i'm just i'm just saying yeah uh, but if it did happen uh, it's a mess it's, it's a it's a huge mess uh, for everybody involved
1: ufc's never seeing connor again if that happens
2: oh no connor's going to fight somebody that he'll like connor should never if he were to catch mayweather hypothetically speaking if conor mcgregor were to catch floyd mayweather with a punch and knock him out right yeah he should never box again
1: like i like fight or just box box he should never box again one and no. Oh. yeah he won't do it because the rematch and him being the a side oh. would net him so much money it's insane
2: look he didn't fight jose aldo again he ain't fighting floyd mayweather again <laughs> like <if laughs> jose you, aldo
1: wasn't gonna net him 200 million dollars because they at least got to get paid even i i mean he can make 200 mil from one fight in a rematch if he wins I, I, I know, but it, I'm just saying <laughs> from a sportsman
2: side of things, like
1: Conor McGregor strikes
2: me as the guy who plays you in a video game, beats you, and never plays you in that video game. He puts down the <laughs> controller and never plays you again, ever. Like that, and, and if he beat if he were to knock out Floyd Mayweather, I would, I would just be like, I'm never fighting again. Like I'm not fighting Manny Pacquiao, I'm not boxing anybody else. The only fight he would consider is a Floyd Mayweather fight. But I, in the deepest, darkest part I'm of his soul. I'm not fighting the UFC know, again. I'm out.
1: Like that's yeah, I mean, the end of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could fight in the UFC again if you really want. Because he, I mean, kind of believes in himself a, a lot. But I just boxing. Nah, I don't. Think, I beat the best. Why would I fight anybody else? <laughs> he got to run it back with Floyd. They'd have to I, run it back in May. Dog, do you know how pissed off Floyd Mayweather would be if he knocked, if he got knocked out, and then kind of was like, nah.
1: <laughs> it's like, I nah, you two. good? Hold that up. And just talk shit to him for the rest of his life. <laughs> no, Floyd. Floyd honestly would take one fifty, and give Connor three hundred to entice him into that rematch, just to run it back.
2: Dude, losing makes you do crazy things. Like, if you've never lost at something before, and you and you want, and you know you didn't lose, like it, you
1: know that like it was a freak accident. Yo, I'm telling you, if yo, I'm Connor McGregor, rousy. he could yo, be Rousey. He could be Rousey, and he could just, just crumble him. I'm just saying, if Connor, I'm just like, yo, I'm never fighting him again. I'm coming back to the UFC and like, give me
2: 50% of the company or something, but I'm not him. I knocked him out. I'm not fighting him again.
1: I'm yo, not giving, 200, I'm not 200 mil for another night. When you already took that W, you're playing with house money. Because if you lose, you're supposed to lose the first time anyway. I know, but I'm just saying the bragging rights of, of never giving this man another shot to beat me. Like, it essentially is, is, the, is the bragging rights and pride worth $200 million is what we're coming down I don't to. Oh, no. I mean, Kyler's kind of a guy who fights for the money. I could see him doing it again. won logically is going to fight for 200 mil over pride and bragging rights and the chance it's still winning again. I'm just is, saying how hilarious it would dollars. be for me. Like, fuck all that. Like, if of was
2: like, of goes to UFC and was like, you want to do this again? Oh you don't like you want me to fight in the UFC? Give me like whatever Floyd's asking for this fight. Some I don't know. I'm just saying the stain that would leave on boxing and Floyd Mayweather if Conor McGregor knocked out Floyd Mayweather and never fought again. Like it would be the greatest story in the history of like sports.
1: Oh <laughs> it would be. I said that the other day. If Conor wins, it'll I said it would be the greatest moment of my professional journalism career. But I'm saying past whatever It'd be the greatest thing I've ever seen. And it'd be the biggest thing in sports history. Because it's uncharted territory to never do anything on a professional level, come in and beat the best.
2: I'm just saying it goes up a notch if Conor says, I'm never fighting you again. Like, Conor's mouth, after he knocks out Floyd Mayweather... Oh, that press
1: conference is going to be an hour and a half long.
2: And to make Floyd Mayweather beg for a rematch, beg for a rematch... Like if I'm Connor, I could you could hold out for like a year. Yep. Like or 2 or 3 or, or if you never did it again. Like this would be the single greatest story in sports. Guy just basically never fought before, knocks out the arguably one of the greatest top 5 people can argue that he's wherever he's at in the top 5, but he unbeaten in boxing. Fought in the Olympics, fought Hall of Famers, fought everybody, almost everybody. There's there's quite a few people Floyd didn't fight, but we're not here to to discuss that. (laughs) But fights a guy in MMA, the great white hype essentially, an Irishman who never boxed in his life, who just put out a video today of him training looking like a bozo. He looked terrible in this video. Knocks out Floyd Mayweather. Like, Conor can basically put, like, Conor can get a Gucci backpack, put MMA on it, and be like, strap on because I'm carrying the entire sport now. (laughs) <laughs> past, past boxing
1: yeah he'd be the biggest thing ever they would never see another Conor McGregor that's insane
2: anyway we've harped on that for a while back to this uh, junkie MMA uh,
1: Bellator card this ridiculous <laughs> alright so we have one more fight past that Chael Sonnen the return of the bad guy oh, Vondelay versus Chael the fight couldn't have gotten any more boring it just couldn't. Just I'm glad kidding. it was only three rounds. Because if it was five, oh, shit, I would have made it. I mean,
2: Chael does what Chael does, man. This is this is not the axe murderer that we used to know. And that was painfully evident. Like, he got put on his back and there was nothing he could do about it. Am I surprised? No. I just didn't care. Like, for that to be the main event, I was like, ugh,
1: God, that was bad. You, you bad. think? <laughs> like, we knew it was going to be bad. The whole card just turned out to be bad. They banked on three fights being really good and carrying the last two, and they all fell through. And then they got to the last two, like, oh shit! And people already bought it, so they're gonna, you know, see the return on this investment. But I'm not sure. Coker's talking about doing three next year. I don't know how you sell people.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, there was nothing on this card that, like, it was a freak show. There's nothing on this card that people looked at and said, "Man, I got to watch that again." <laughs> like, yo, I need to,
1: I need to get another Bellator card. It's yeah, not, no, no, no. Like, they, If it's not free, we ain't in it. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Yeah, so uh, one good thing that did come out of it looks like Rory McDonald's getting the next title shot. Yeah, we'll see who watches it though. We'll watch it. So watch that's, it. that's 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 what matters. Um, UFC time. Holly Holm gets her first KO since Ronda Rousey gets back on the winning track. Koheya really didn't stand a chance. You said that before the fight even happened. Yeah, she, she was there was no way. There was nothing that she that could do. But that question about. mark kick was lovely. Rockhold-esque.
2: Yeah. It's just, when you have somebody who doesn't care about their face, like Kaya does, and who got knocked out by Ronda Rousey, bad things are going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. It took a while for it to happen, though.
1: Holly was quite boring for a second.
2: It's Holly. She's a counter-striker. It's what she does. It's yeah. not exciting. It's <laughs> not anything that people want to look at. But she makes it work for her. So,
1: I ain't mad at it. The real story, BJ Penn, gone. It's the end of BJ Penn, yo. But he's gonna keep fighting. But come on, it's the end of BJ Penn. I, I mean, I I don't understand why he keeps fighting. Dennis uh, Seaver,
2: dude. It's not. It's, it's the fact that BJ is just. He just looks bad. You know what I'm saying? Like he I don't looks know. Fifty
1: five. Yeah, like he looks like he can't do it anymore. It's unfortunate, but. Two
2: years, unfortunately for BJ. Yo,
1: father time is undefeated, and I don't know what BJ's thinking, but once again, it always struck me that BJ had a lot of yes men around him. I was only able to cover, what, two, three of his fights, probably? Three? Three of his fights. So I wasn't, like, immersed enough to really see the people around him, but decisions like this and letting him fight just makes me feel confident in that assumption that he's just surrounded by a bunch of yes men who won't tell him like yo hang it up you got money just go chill like you're fine you go back to hawaii hang out hawaii has a new champion let the kid rock you did what you were supposed to do you put it on the map and then now the next wave is coming thank you goodbye
2: ah <sighs> yeah it's time to go bj but you'll keep
1: fighting man between him and fat big rig the card was just horrible. What is with Big Rick? He can't make 185? And then he stinks it up at 185?
2: He said he was sick, man. So, you know, we just got to take him at his worth. He said he was sick. And then, we, I mean, th- like, the bad went to worse because then we had Kiesa and Kevin Lee and Kevin Lee choking out Michael Kiesa. Which was but a Kiesa great never fight. tapped.
1: No, he Kiesa. didn't have to. I mean, okay. Did he go limp or did he not go limp? I, I saw his I arms go limp. See, I don't think he went limp. See, I think yamasaki called that way too quick i thought so too but i thought the arms went limp i can see a a reasoning for it
2: but you got to touch the man like as a referee you have to touch the man to see if he's limp just because he's not necessarily moving because if you look at kiesi he's still like tense he's not limp you know what i'm saying like Hmm. let him go to sleep give him a couple of seconds (laughs) let him go to sleep (laughs) man. let let the man go to sleep and it's 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 a it's a high stakes fight it's very early Yes, the choke was deep. Kiesa probably wouldn't have got out of that choke. But don't, I mean, you're tainting Kevin Lee's win by doing this. It's just a bad job by Yamasaki. Now, Dana went off, and I thought he was kind of wrong for the way he went off on Yamasaki. But,
1: you know, Mario Yamasaki, he had a bad call. Shit yeah. happens. Yeah, I was going to say, rest, rest mess up. Um, Yamasaki got the entire wrath of Dana White. He talked about it all week. Several different shows. Dana, they don't give two fucks. So, Dana is just, a, he's a little more lawless now, too. Well, yeah. During the WME you, days, like, he was wilding. Well, you sell
2: a company for as much as they did, and you make a percentage of that, like, fire me. I'm rich.
1: <laughs> That's good-ass point. Um, last thing to talk about in MMA is the UFC injuries that were handed down. Cowboy Cerrone out of 213 coming up this what well, not this weekend, but the following weekend here in Vegas. 213 is getting a little light in the pants as a car. A little? 213 is garbage compared to 214. Okay, Two don't compare it to 214. Just let it stand alone. Because 214, if it gets the Cerrone fight, is it insanely dope.
2: Well, Cerrone, he's got like some blood infections, so he's, he's out. He can't compete at 214. But it doesn't even matter. Give three title fights on that car.
1: Yeah, I, n- I never count Cerrone out of anything, first off.
2: Well, he said it. He's not fighting. He's crazy as hell. Ain't that crazy. He's not gonna fight, you know, like he he'll fight injured, but having a blood infection and needing IVs I, for yeah, ten I days. I don't know how you
1: catch that. That's weird. So but regardless, two fourteen has three title fights. Alright, let's do okay. 213 first and foremost, before you just trash it. Travis Brown will terrible. move up to the main card. Ugh. And um Anthony Pettis versus Jim Miller That's is cool. on it.
2: We <laughs> like, have Story, bro. This could this a cool fight. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Like, we'll watch it. Maybe Pettis get back on track. We have Verdoom versus Reem. If you remember it. how bad the first fight was, do you? Did you see it in Strike Force? Yeah, I did. But once again, I expect Reem to get knocked out. This We're is a whole different Verdoom. Of course it is. I'm just saying. So I'm, like, I'm not comparing. I saw a lot of early Verdoom fights.
2: This this card as a whole like it, it, the Romero Whitaker fight okay it's an interim title fight big deal
3: it's a decent which fight makes no
2: though. sense but the main event because we lost Co- Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw is Amanda Nunez Valentina Shevchenko which Amanda Nunez is, is like the benefactor two times UFC 200 and now this. <laughs> two times she's ended up as the main event after just keep like fighting, dude,
1: just keep fighting in July collecting those pay-per-view points
2: keep doing it no, just keep watching people fall off the card. Because that's how she keeps getting bumped up. Dillashaw Garbrandt, gone. John Jones-Cormier, gone. She gets <laughs> bumped up to the main event. And it's like a main event, but it's like, who who is really paying to see that fight?
1: This is not going to do very well in the pay-per-view department. No, it's not going to do great. Um, but you never know. A couple knockouts. you know. If, if everyone is a finish in this main card, are we really upset at it?
2: No, we're, we're not upset at it because we're already going to be there. That's true. But there's going to be a a lot of people who will never see those knockouts because they're not going to pay
1: for it. That is very true. I have to plan my uh, cheat day for that day so I can have Shake Shack. Ha, yeah. Strategic now, man. Got to be strategic with these cheat days. Um, UFC 214 then, we get added another title fight, which is just bananas. Tyron Woodley versus The Backpack, Damian Maya. Which really runs out the card nicely. Um, we also did lose an opponent for Cyborg. Yeah, lost Megan
2: Anderson. Megan Invicta Anderson. Champ-
1: yeah. Invicta champion. But replaced her with Tanya Evinger, another Invicta champion.
2: Yeah. Well, if, if will fight anybody and she's been begging, not begging, but she's been wanting to
1: get in the UFC, but she couldn't. Now she gets a chance to and she's going to die. So <laughs> She is, but if it's if she wanted into the UFC and they, like, Okay, we need someone for Cyborg short notice. She's like, okay, but you got to give me a three-fight deal. This is not a bad way to get in. Yeah,
2: so. I'm, I mean, I'm here to see the fight because Evan just, she's, she's no solid. She comes to fight. But then, dude, we still got Aljamain Sterling and Henan Burrell on this card. Like. This Which is, is a good
1: fight. Why is it at a catch weight?
2: Uh, couldn't make can't make weight. And he said it in advance. And I know Aljamain was just like, screw it. you're Like, we're, we're going to fight. So, yeah. Henan Brown just couldn't cut the weight. Um, Jimmy a former Madden-
1: champion at that weight class can't cut the weight?
2: Yeah. He, could, he, was, he was not making the weight, dude. He was struggling before. That's why he jumped up. He's he's one of those middle guys. He's not good at either weight. <laughs> it's over, <laughs> basically, for <laughs> Hannon Burratt. Um, But, dude, you got Sage Northcutt on the card against John McDessie, which I completely don't understand because Northcutt's original opponent was somebody I thought Northcutt could beat. McDessie's not a guy I'm necessarily sure that Northcutt could beat. Um, Brian Ortega's on the card. Ricardo Lamas and Jason Knight. Jimmy Manawa and, and Volkan Odesmere. Like,
1: dude, this card that is Manawa loaded. is
2: good. Th- this card is loaded.
3: Yeah. And then I, we
1: I kind of actually like McDessie for Sage because Sage is like, yo, Sage, you know what? You got to be aggressive because McDessie does get knocked out or he's yeah, going to try just, to take your block off. There one of the two things can happen
2: it's a tough fight, man. McDessie's got skills. But either way, 214 is loaded. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks, I'm sure, two yeah, is tonight.
1: So that's MMA pretty much in a nutshell. Let's take another quick break. Come back, pro wrestling talk. We had Ring of Honor, New Japan dropped some stuff with G1 Classic, brackets came out. Um, WWE actually had a decent week. Surprising enough. Um, we'll talk about all that when we come back from the break. You guys stay tuned. Alright everybody, before we continue to talk more combat sports, we gotta give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air, it's that great. And this is how we get our sleep, so you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper Mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the u.s and canada shout out to the great north you can buy your casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk-free
2: Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping and Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you aren't satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a hundred day period. Yeah, that's right, a hundred days. You know, like a hundred days of sleeping. By by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards a Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep and these things are for real.
1: So we are back. Pro wrestling time. Leading off with Ring of Honor. We always lead off with the indies. I'm feeling like we got the, the melts are going on. Are, are we too favorable to indie wrestling? No, it's just better. Fair point. Ring of Honor comes up. Good card, best in the world. Um, we'll kinda just jump through it. What was your favorite match of the card? Just just standalone stand match. Um,
2: well, first of all, I want to say that I didn't necessarily care for this pay-per-view. Oh,
1: hot take.
2: <laughs> um nothing hot about it. Like I watched it and I was just like, mm. Like, okay, Kushida and Marty Score was something I was looking forward to, but the crowd was terrible during that match. I didn't think the match was that good. The match wasn't that good. They felt a little disjointed in the beginning. They picked it up later on, but it felt like the crowd had no idea who Kushida was, and the match was just kind of okay. Cody and Christopher Daniels, Cody becoming the new ROH champ. I'm kind of glad he's the champ, but he does, for me, for ROH, what Bobby Roode does for NXT. He doesn't have the style to keep up with the best.
1: Exactly. I say the same thing. Like He's, he's a good worker. He is blue-collar as a wrestler. He's technical. He knows all the little stuff because he's a pro's pro. He grew up in the profession. But he's not great. He's not a great wrestler. and he's. I'm not sure if he ever will be. The Okada match will say a lot. Um, but I don't think he has the four-and-a-half five star in him not many people do which is fine i don't think he he does i don't i don't think he has a four and a half but he's a great character and he showed that all his promo works everything everything was great leading up to it i just thought the match was eh.
2: yeah it wasn't that good i mean cody like just like i said about bobby root perfectly serviceable wwe intercontinental champion but in these in these indie companies or nxt where your work rate has to match just doesn't really match up um, the best match on the card to me was a triple threat with the Young Bucks, the Best Friends and War Machine. So, and Best Friends got put on last, uh, at the last minute. That was a fun match to watch. But overall, I just thought this card was kind of, it was decent. It wasn't really that great.
1: Yeah, I didn't think so either. Um, the Dalton Calton, excuse me, Don Castle match. I mean, it st- told a story. Castle finally won a belt. I'm sure, you know, in his re-up of ROH, that was probably like one of the terms it didn't do anything for me. A match that really fell short was Jay Lethal versus Silas Young. I thought Jay Lethal was...
2: was actually really... Uh, and Jay Lethal is just a great one. Uh, actually, Silas Young is not that bad either. I just thought that... I didn't think the match was terrible. No, it was just...
1: It just fell short. Like, Jay Lethal has done everything he can in our weights. I feel like he's just spinning around now. It's tough, man.
2: I feel like, you know, I feel I, like Jay Lethal's at the point in his career where he could do some work in New Japan.
1: I thought so, too. I thought it'd be great. That's exactly why I was watching it with Ryan McKinnell for the podcast. Um, I was watching it over at his crib, and I was like, yo, it's time for Jay Lethal to go into G1. Have a run like Big Mike did. Just just test your talents against those guys. And his style holds up so well for New Japan. I don't know why he's not, like, you know, what one of the two guest guys that they have every year. It's just weird to me that he wouldn't go. Um, yeah, so I, I thought it was okay pay-per-view. Wasn't there a strap match of some sort?
2: Kazarian Adam Page. And that was decent. It was much better than it should have been. Yeah, I um, thought
1: that was the best match of the night.
2: <laughs> yeah, had the, the thumbtacks
1: on the, on the strap. It sounds <laughs> like I'm talking about a lesbian wrestling match, by the way. But <laughs> I, I promise you, it's just a long leather belt. But it was a good match. I thought it was good. Yeah. Overall, the card, you know, ROH is,
2: for the last year, nah, about a year, ROH has been putting together these cards, kind of, they feel like they're being put together at the last minute, like the anniversary show, like we went, and it was, you you go in thinking you had low expectations, they exceeded. This is one of those that kind of barely exceeded the card, wasn't that good to begin with, but it is what it is. Can't win them all.
1: No, very true. Very true. Um... That pretty much wraps up the ROH card. New Japan Pro Wrestling G One Climax um, tournaments coming up. The brackets have been announced, and once again we have a lopsided <laughs> matchmaking. Right? Um, uh, I'm not mad at it. It's kind of now at this point. It's what I've come to expect. Wait, wait. You call this lopsided? I think it's lopsided. How so? Oh, the oh wow. They actually hold on. Sorry, I didn't see that. Um, they announced a full schedule of matches, which is kind of crazy. Um, I, I just think Block B is so much better than Block A. How so? All right, so Omega, Okada, Elgin, Tamatanga, who's supposedly coming up, and, oh, I guess that's it in Block B. Yeah, Block A has Tanahashi, Ishii. Goto, you're right. It's actually Zack Saber
2: Jr., Kota Ibushi, Tetsuo Naito. Look, yo,
1: yo. Pre- okay, I lied. So <laughs> this is pretty. When well- I first saw it, I was like, "Yo, Block B is the killer block." You know what? Now that you mentioned it, it's really not. Because yeah, when you go Naito, Ibushi, Saber, and Tanahashi, they're facing each other the first night of G One. So it's Tanahashi versus Zack Saber Jr., Ibushi versus Naito. I'm good right there. Right there, say no more. And Godo versus Ishii on night one? Yo, this is going to be good. Block A is no joke. Block B, on the other hand, good matchups. Um, Kenny Omega versus Suzuki, I, I think that's easy for Omega. Okada versus Yano, eh. Tamatanga versus Big Mike is probably the best one on Block B's first night. Because I'm not a Juice Robinson fan. See, Juice could have, they could have left Juice out of this.
2: That juice is getting a little burned, man. He's been putting in work. The juice is loose? This is what you're telling me? I mean, I just love the tournament. Sonata, I'm a big fan of Sonata. Um, evil, he'll do what he has to do. Uh, you know, Minoru Suzuki is an OG, and you can't just guarantee like Omega's going to get past him. Like, They book these tournaments very well. So I'm excited for it. Um, like, I, like I always say, it's, it's the best wrestling that you're going to get in the year. Uh, it's just going to be a ton of great wrestling. It's going to be a lot of wrestling. (laughs) Don't we say
1: that all the time around this (laughs) this period of year? It's a lot. SummerSlams around that time. It's a lot of wrestling that happens. Man, PWG's right after it. Yeah, SummerSlam is right in the middle of it. This is when it heats up. July and August is like wow. There's a lot of wrestling, Um, but we're here for it. (laughs) Listen, we're not complaining. Talking about more wrestling, WWE. The women dominated this week, and I wasn't mad at it. Each nah, woman, each bad. woman's match seemed really good. With I, I think NXT's uh, women's match, the what the last woman standing match, Team Oscar and Nikki Cross still in the show, that
2: was excellent. Actually, that was a very very good match. NXT has been drowning in not having a very good women's match, but it was pretty brutal. There was a, the power bomb spot on the chairs was was, was tough. Obviously, the suplex spot that ended the match—like, yo, that was a really good match.
1: Those are the spots we should have saw from the Money in the Bank match.
2: Yeah, about that—they <laughs> boxed this thing twice now. Just give it up, guys. Yeah,
1: doing it all over again made no sense.
2: Carmella still wins. They just wanted to, to you know, wipe the nasty taste of Ellsworth
1: climbing the ladder. But it, the match still wasn't that good. <laughs> it really wasn't. Carmella is still trying to get the push. It's like now they kind of ruined her push. If there was yeah. going to be a push. Yeah. It's. So,
2: eh, I mean, both look, money in
1: the bank winners, I'm like, "Oh, uh, hum."
2: Yeah. I mean, they they're trying to put some inject some new life into this, but they really don't need to. Like I said, Kevin Owens should have been the money in the bank winner for a smackdown cuz I felt like him there's so much value with him carrying the briefcase, not Baron Corbin.
1: Carmella they're just trying to give her a purpose. But Why? Same thing with Corbin. Trying to give him purpose. But why? Right? Like, they're just going to fall short anyway. But, like, I was talking to someone this week and I was like, man, you can see Vince McMahon his hubris shows in these situations. It's because and this is long standing with Vince he he, he doesn't mind inheriting stars and you'll be okay to make him some money, but he gets off on building stars. So, when you look at The Shield, you're like, okay, Ambrose, Rollins, and Reigns. What in your mind says Reigns get the bigger push? Because he has a, a physique. Everyone has a physique in wrestling outside of Kevin Owens and some fat people. So you're like, what What does it? Nothing, except he's the only one that wasn't on the indies. He didn't come into WWE with any sort of name, and Vince feels he can build him into a superstar. Same thing. You look at Money in the Bank match. It's like, yo, all of these names. Why Corbin? Because Corbin didn't have a name before Vince. Ziggler had his run already. Now it would have been Ziggler. Everyone else came in with their name. Vince doesn't feel he needs to build them up anymore. He wants to build stars. That like gives him a chubby or something. I don't understand it. But <laughs> it's not working. He hasn't built a star since who? Cena? Yeah, it's been a while. Like homegrown talent? Daniel Bryan came from someone else? Punk came from somewhere else? They're the two biggest stars since Cena. Right. He just can't do it. And he's... Just frustrating me at this point. He's stubborn. Vince has to go. You know, we're all friends on this podcast. Vince has to go. I'm not going to say how, but Vince got to go. It's time for new blood. Um, I I thought the women's match was good. The women's match on Raw was also good. Nia Jack showing that she can wrestle a little something-something. I'm not mad at that.
2: Yeah, she finally had a good match against Sasha, so... Good for her. I feel like they did that because they they really just overlooked the women for like the last three weeks on Raw. Um, but it's like safe to say that ba- Bailey is buried. Like it's over all the way.
1: Someone she said got, that
2: she got booed. Probably. I mean, she got she was the first one in and the first one out in that gauntlet match. That's no good. No good for Bailey. They they failed miserably with Bailey.
1: Well, maybe they're trying to have her lose a ton, a la Sami Zayn, to make you feel like sad for them and sad for her. So and then, then lost can Zay- finally build it
2: correctly. Wait, wait but then a la Sami Zayn, you still never get a push?
1: <laughs> yeah. <So> it uh, <laughs>
2: To be look, determined. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. The only uh, the only th- other thing that was really worth talking about on Raw is Samoa Joe choking the life out of Brock Lesnar. So oh. amazing,
1: right? And people are like, oh, this means he's going to lose at Great Balls of Fire. And it doesn't because it's two weeks out. So Joe can, you know, get wrecked next week and then we have mystery for the match again. I like that. If they would have had him choke him out next week, I would be like, "Oh damn, Joe's getting run over."
2: Joe's still going to lose. I mean, there's there's no way they're going to put Joe over Brock Lesnar. No, but I'd, might be I'd love to see it, but you know, yeah, just make it a good match.
1: That's all I'm asking. That's all we want. Now, that choke was deep. How red was Brock Lesnar? Oh
2: uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, yeah, that was fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know the the interview is just so happy. So many people waited for this feud. Right, We talked about it in Mania season, like, oh, we want to see Joe versus Lesnar. People have been waiting for this so far, and it's only going to have a tiny, short build. And I'm sure somehow Strowman will come out after beating Reigns in that stupid ambulance match and stand toe-to-toe with Brock Lesnar after he beats Joe. And they'll go into SummerSlam along their merry little way. But in the brief month and a half that they've had, they built this right. And Joe has done right by this feud. Yeah. And it's they, as they, good as we wanted. It's just not four months long. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a great match. It's on a
2: stupid pay-per-view, but,
1: you know. Still not feeling hopefully. the great balls of fire?
2: Nah, man. Nah.
1: We could talk about that when that pay-per-view happens, but. <laughs> say it with nah. a twang. It might help. Nope. I won't say it. <laughs> All right. So that's our episode for today. You guys have to wait 10 days for it. Hopefully it was worth it. Make sure you follow us on social media at The Corner LSN on all platforms, me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. We'll be back next week, preferably on Wednesday. We're trying to get the show earlier and earlier every week, clearing our schedules because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. It's UFC week. Oh, man, it's going to be good. The grind starts. So we can't wait to talk to you guys. If you're coming into town for International Fight Week, hit us up. There's a drink with your name on it. We'll go and hang out. Um, Andreas is too busy for that, but at least I'll be open. We can chill, meet up, and all that stuff. Let us know. It's all about you guys. So thank you again. But for right now, we're out.
3: Peace.